Hello, Babylonians! Hey, guys! As he's like moving and doing whatever he wants, except moving out. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I've can, I've just decided that he's just gonna stay in there forever, and I'm gonna just birth him when he's like 37. Yeah, you're gonna be like an elephant to your pregnancy. I am an elephant. <laughs> no. As of right now, I am full elephantitis. <laughs> uh, of the batch. <laughs> yep. And that's all today, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs> See you next time. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. No. I, um. Okay. So today is Tuesday. Well, it's Monday. But by the time you guys hear this, I oh, actually I wouldn't have gone to my doctor's appointment yet because I usually release around 11 a.m. Um, but my appointment's at 2:45 when you're listening to this today. So hopefully, um, we'll be pre-recording some stuff because I got my life together and got some notes together. We've got some pretty heavy hitters coming up and uh, a possible two-parter. Maybe three. I don't really know. I've got to, I'm going to go um, organize those notes before we get to that case. And it was a, a suggestion. So, so we may be doing some pre-recording just in case, you know, I get to be either induced or if I go into labor in the next week or so. Or get membrane scrapes. Or yeah. Sw- sweeping the membranes. Insane in the membrane. <laughs> Get the fuck out, Apollo. <laughs> Ugh, but, um, yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on personally. Oh, oh, we have a new country. Hey, Czech Republic. Thank you. Hello. Yes. Czech mate. Sorry. Wyoming. Yep. Checked three times today. Still. Still not a thing, <laughs> but I did find a case in Wyoming, but I've got to deep dive some more because there's not a whole lot about it. Okay. So, and I know I said this entire month of August um, was going to be about Wyoming cases, and I've completely failed that because okay. this one um, is, yeah, New York City. So, but it's fine. You know what, Wyoming, you'll, you'll get there. I believe in you. Yep. We love you, Wyoming. We do. We do. We love you even more. But we're going to love you 12 <laughs> times more. But when it's the actual episode. times more if you catch my drift. <laughs> yeah. I can already hear how that beginning of that episode is. Especially if it's one we pre-record and we end up getting you guys. I'm going to add it in there somehow. <laughs> even if it's at the end. And guess what? Wyoming's finally Yay. here. Welcome to the party. <laughs> but yeah, um, we've been yeah requested several cases lately, and so I've gotten some of those in the lineup um, from our dude Nate. Um, that's who Nate brought dog. Nate Home Skillet Biscuit. We love you so much. Nate, Keep sending in the requests. You're the tits, we ma'am. You're the tits. And again, like we've been saying the last, oof, it's no. many, but. Anybody, if you have a request you want to send in, somebody or some people or whatever you want us to cover. Or if you have personal stories, because we would love to do another installment of Buddy Babbles, which that was really fun. I've already got one started um, or added to that lineup. So, yeah, if you've got, 
we did par a lot of paranormal stories on that. And that's usually because of, of that. I love that. Yeah. When I started this with Kelly, I think we thought about doing like paranormal cases, but a lot of true crime podcasts kind of do that crossover a lot together. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of glad. Granted, I know one of our big, uh, one of our most played episodes, not quite, but still has a lot. We talked about the Titanic because mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with it. Oh, yeah. We talked about uh, Killer Flowers one episode, and that one's done pretty well. So, I mean, we've kind of dabbled in other babbles. <laughs> See what I did in there? Yeah. Um, sorry if you hear gross like noises. My dog's making out with my hand right now. I'm sorry if you don't hear me. I'm over here far away from the mic. <laughs> you can still see her. You probably hear me crunching and me vaping. Yeah. Enjoy. Thanks. Yeah. Or crying, depending. I don't know if this one really has... I mean, it's an upsetting case, but one that we'll do here in the next week or so. Um, oh, man. I just was going through my list, and I had, like, a whole glob of names because I have them all listed in my phone on my notes app. Mm -hmm. And so I finally, like, separated them all out, and I just happened to pull one. And what he does... Oh, man. That's... There's going to be a lot of trigger warnings in that episode. But, um... Well, let's so, get to this episode. Yes. So, um, yep, this was another Nate case. Thank you, Nate. Once Nate, again. Nate, you're the toots. So, um, this is the case of Rosalind Pilmer. I love the name Rosalind. I was about to say that. I really like, But this one, this one sucks. I don't like this Rosalind. Fuck you, Rosalind. But your name fucking rocks. Your name is great. And you you bring shame <laughs> on, the, on the other Rosalinds <laughs> in the world. Um, so, it, like I said, we're talking, it's in, okay, hold on. New York City, particularly Manhattan, is called the Concrete Jungle. Um, Howard Pilmer was one of those people who had not only figured out how to survi survive in the Concrete Jungle, but actually ended up thriving until he didn't because he made one critical mistake. What's the Concrete Jungle? Do we know? What does that even mean? Like, because Manhattan has all, like, buildings. Oh, okay. And more so. trees than buildings, like, more buildings in New trees. York City. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> You've never heard of No, I've never heard of the Concrete Jungle. Wow. Concrete jungle where dreams are made of. Gotta stop now so Alicia keeps going. Oh, I, I know that song, but I didn't realize that's what she said. I didn't know what yeah. it was. Yeah. It's just like, blah, 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 made of. <laughs> Please don't sing us Alicia Keys. <laughs> or Jay Z. Obviously, because I didn't sing any of the words because I don't know them. You yeah, that's great. That's so bananas. Yeah. And I was like, I know, like, Guns N' Roses, welcome to the jungle. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right, right, that's an actual sorry. jungle. Okay, <laughs> we've, we've really got off there. Sorry, yes. It's great. It's music. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, or Henry, or Howard, not Henry. Oh no, Howard made one critical critical mistake while he was on his way to the top, and that was marrying Miss Rosalind Pilmer. Um, Shh, her. Henry. But it's Howard. Howard. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> dum dumb. -dum. Sorry, Howard. I am dumb, dumb, dumb. Sorry. Oh, that's actually in one of my notes. I wrote that today when I was doing dum dum dum. Um, her maiden name was Wald, if that matters. It really doesn't because she sucks. Okay. So Howard owned a King's Office Supplies store and had made um, a pretty decent living for himself, but he worried about sales slipping. Uh, this is, okay, so like the early 90s is when this is all happening. Late 80s, early 90s. Okay. Um, num, 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 num. So, after studying some of the trends in the upscale coffee house business, he launched his own, which he called Phillips. The coffee shop was a smash hit on the east side of Manhattan, and a second location quickly opened up 
um, after the first one was so successful. Business was great and people poured in the coffee shops by the truckload, ensuring that profits kept rising. You know, life was pretty awesome for Howard and Rosalind. But then it wasn't. Until. <laughs> Until. Dum -dum -dum. <laughs> Um, despite her husband's wealth, Rosalind faced financial problems, and she even had a possible embezzlement charge. Whoopsie. This stemmed her... Okay, this is so weird because I have an aunt who did something very similar to this, and I think it was also from a dentist office. And I hate you, and I hope you listen to this because you're a terrible human being. Um, Black! Oh! Gross. God! Okay, instant oh, karma. Zoe just tooted, and it was right... My mouth Apparently was open. Apparently she loves your aunt. <laughs> you never even met her! Way to go. Okay, so... She had, um, okay, so her embezzlement charge stemmed from her stealing $160,000 from a Jeez. dentist office she worked at. So. I don't, we had people who did that here to our newspaper in town, like. <laughs> Were they still like 40 bucks? I don't know. <laughs> but I'm like, how can you embezzle? Like, I just. It's just over time. I just. Is my understanding what people do. Sorry, I thought Arlo... I couldn't tell if he was laughing or crying. Arlo's in the other room and he has my phone and he's giggling. Um, so, getting off track. So I believe it's overtime. Yeah, the, it's I mean, just... So it's just little here, little there. Yeah, and they even here. staged um, a break-in in our... At yeah, our, yeah, 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 yeah. Or a robbery at our local bank here in town. What a nightmare that was. But anyways, back to Rosalind and Howard. I keep wanting to say Henry and I don't know why. Um, after she made several promises that she would repay the office this 160000 but she failed to give them any money for a long while. Sometimes people forget to pay their bills, even with the threat of jail time hanging over their heads. So this, I got two different articles that I um, based my notes off of, and just the writing, I'll credit them in our show notes. But the way this person wrote this article, I took out some stuff so it wouldn't be so verbatim, but I'm like, it was so humorously written about how much this girl is a freaking dumb fuck mm -hmm. and I just I loved it it made me laugh because <laughs> it's even though it's sad with what happened but how they just talk about her is just it made me feel joy so um the dentist office wasn't the only debtor debt debtor debtor I didn't know that was a thing debtor debtor <laughs> Debbie Tebster, <laughs> Tebster, hello. <laughs> Rosalind owed money to Uncle Sam began knocking on her door with a tax bill of more than fourteen thousand dollars. Apparently, oh, Rosalind had forgotten to pay the taxes on one of her husband's coffee shops. Silly embezzler! It's one thing to steal from a dentist office, but the federal government doesn't play games. She kept all of this from her husband. That's their writing, not my notes. That's awesome. There was I, some of my notes. Yes, I do copy and paste. I do. I won't deny that. But I just, the more I read in this into this article, the more I'm like, oh my god, this is just beautifully written. <laughs> and now I may end up having to look, oh, I can't, Arlo's my phone. I will credit them in our show notes because it was just, it was great. Um, oh my god, Zoe. Ugh. If you hear me, like, gagging, it's because my dog's butthole. I really hope in the sound you can actually hear her tuning. That would be so funny. That <laughs> <sighs> would be aggressive. Um, okay, like I said, she kept it all from her husband which is one of the things that led to their unhappiness in the marriage. The relationship between Howard and Rosalind, which was never good to begin with, reportedly began to deteriorate. It got so bad that Howard sought legal counsel, counsel to start divorce proceedings and get out of the marriage. Did they have any children? Um, to your knowledge? I, not that I, no. Because okay. I read a couple different things. Well, that's good. Um, but 
we'll bring in another character. Um, okay, yeah, get out of the marriage to Rosalind. As it, uh, it is also believed that he wanted to move, remove his brother-in-law, Evanwald, from his life as well. The two never got on, or didn't get along, despite Howard even giving, okay, despite Howard giving Evan a job at one of the coffee shops. So part of the reason why they butted heads so much is because Evan was a pr overprotective big brother. Evan warned people that his, that if his sister's husband wasn't nicer to her, he would kill him. This is a good choice of words. Prosecutors brought up this promise and the defense said that would be like running around confessing to murder and that's just stupid. Can you ruin oh. that picturesque moment, Arlo? Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, okay, prosecutors brought up with the... Uh, nah. Prosecutors brought up this promise, because like I just said, um, Evan didn't warn... Or Evan warned his sister's husband if he wasn't nice to her, he'd kill him. And the defense said that would be like running around confessing to murder, and that's just stupid. <laughs> More from this article, not me. I wish I could... I, so mad I didn't freaking usually I put it up at the top but this time I freaking didn't um so in the days leading up to the particular incident what we're here to talk about you know because we talk about bloody things like all the time yep. Rosalind and Evelyn Ev, I almost said Evelyn no Evan who was also employed at Phillips coffee shop um made a series of unusual requests requests for keys to the building and elevator information as to how close the office how to close the office at night and inquiries about the presence of video cameras in the building lobby. You know, casual questions like keys and where the cameras are in the building. <laughs> and he, he, this is after he knew about the embezzling? Yeah. Okay. And um, they were going, they were getting ready to plan to have a meeting. Sorry. You guys hear hiccups? Smiling because his hiccups are adorable. <laughs> Apollo's had a lot of hiccups this week too. It's been great. But... So that brings us to the night of March 21st, 1996. Um, the defendants, as they're going to be called now, brother and sister, met um, Howard at his office where they were supposed to be having a business meeting. Okay, nope, I'm wrong. I'm sorry, they did have a son. Okay. Their son's name is Philip, and that's why they named it Philip's Coffee Shop. I'm so... I just, okay. I just remembered that because that comes back around. Okay, so they meet at... Um, Howard's office and his throat gets slashed, oh. severing his windpipe, and he was stabbed 48 times in the chest, Ooh, torso yeah. and back, penetrating his lungs and heart, which one of those stabs um, ultimately killed him. Yeah, it was the fatal, was the fatal blow. Eesh. So, Gross. Um, I have that in there twice on March 21st. Um, multiple witnesses say that there was a tense exchange between Howard and Rosalind, but no one heard what was said. What is known is that he was stabbed over 40 times and left lying in a pool of his own blood. Right away, um, <coughs> Rosalind and Evan were looked at as as, as, but bleh, as suspects, but could not make this, the case stick. What? Yeah. Blah. Which, just wait. Yeah. They, the, there's, there's more things that bring it back around, but this case, okay, so that was 1986. They didn't, they weren't able to fully solve this and put all the Pieces together? Pieces together until 2013. So, wow. 17 years go by. Wow. He's murdered. They can't pin it to them, even though they were the last people to see him in the building. 
But at least it didn't remain a cold case. I mean, 17 years seems like forever, but it wasn't for, I mean, they still, they yeah, stopped and it's all so I, because of, because of um, forensics. So, huh? Because of forensics? Forensics. <laughs> that <laughs> and because of, on that particular night, Pil the Pilmers had a sitter and her name was Allison and she was watching the son, Philip. So that's why I, I didn't put it in there, my brain. Okay. Um, but her coming forward and them actually finding her and questioning her is what eventually gets them put behind bars. Thank you, Allison. Thank God for Allison. And never state your last name. Granted, I don't know if I'd want my last name to be public record just because I wouldn't I mean, want to be stuck to this. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but I, because I look, I tried to look through even different articles who said all the same stuff, and it was just Allison. Okay. So she was a recent graduate student and was working as a nanny. Um, she was under the impression that Rosalind and Evan were going to meet Howard for a meeting at his office. Um, he had taken over the family's successful supply store with the popular coffee bar. Rosalind was at that point in charge of the coffee business and her brother worked for her. In 2016, um, the detective tracked Allison down because I don't know if it just wasn't made clear that she was babysitting that night. Or probably or, just overlooked. Who cares? She yeah, wasn't the murderer, so moving but, right along. But Ro the way Rosalind handles everything and about how... like oh, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, it's fine. Um, they tracked her down. She agreed to tell them everything she knew about the night Howard was killed. Those crucial details helped finally charge Rosalind and Evelyn... <laughs> Rosalind and Evelyn. I keep wanting to say mm -hmm. that. And Evan with Howard's murder. So upon... Can you put this to the games? Oh, we will later, honey. Just keep playing. Um, upon further investigation, oh, they realized that... Okay, that's fine. Upon further investigation, they realized that Rosalind had, you know, casually taken out an insurance policy worth $1.2 million oh. on Howard just days before he dies mm. unsuspectedly, whatever. Obviously, he did it to himself. It was suicide. Yeah. <laughs> Stabbed himself 48 times and then slit his own throat. Uh, there was also traces of someone else's blood at the crime scene, but they couldn't figure out who it belonged to. Luckily for DNA, because I know DNA, it didn't really become like uh, as able to be tested mm -hmm. until like the late 90s, mm -hmm. which it was blows. Really expensive. I'm sure yeah, it's still pretty expensive. Which yeah. blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Like the fact what that. What blows my mind, sorry, babble time, no, is that. Since this is more of a newer, if you will, than the last, you know, 30 years or whatever, mm -hmm. but that well before the thought of fingerprints and keeping sperm samples or whatever and, uh -huh. and keeping blood samples, that people did that. Yeah. Like, that is, thank you. That is just yeah. incredible to me that there's like, we have this case from 19... 63 or something, you know, and we yeah. are, or 50s or whatever. And we were able and they to like, swab this blood because we, we found it. it. With and not ever, like, right. they have no clue that things, I just, that is, that just, I, I am so grateful for those kind of things. Exactly. Cases. So am I. <laughs> but anyway, sir. Uh oh. Paula's moving. Or I don't know. My stomach just got really tight. Um, she might be having a contraction. Ladies. I could be yes. having a contraction. It's fine, guys. Her water so, is every. I'm just kidding. Could you, if it breaks, y'all are gonna know, <laughs> gonna and this this will be the the episode. Oh my god, I'm fine. Okay, um, I'm really uncomfortable all of a sudden. Um, okay, so like I said, they found blood, but you know DNA wasn't or testing wasn't a thing, but 
2016, like I said, or yeah, um, DNA test helped figure out that it was Evan's blood that was present also at the crime scene. Mm. That, along with a long cut on his hand, helped the police start to resolve the case. So he obviously had that scar on his hand, too. In 2017, prosecutors felt they had enough evidence to charge Rosalind and Evan with second-degree murder, to start off with. Almost, after almost two years, the trial concluded with a guilty verdict of, for both of them. On the stand, Allison told them she had admired Rosalind, stating she was a, she was a successful business owner, that's too many S's, mm-hmm. and a diligent mom. As a boss, she said Rosalind was very particular about her schedule, though, always telling her how long she expected how long she'd be expected to work and what time she could leave except for that night of March 21st, 1996. Aww. So Allison's um, testimony was for that night, she's like, I picked Philip up from school and took him to Chelsea Pierce Sport Complex for ice hockey practice. At some point, she was paged to call Rosalind over an intercom pre-cell phone days. Yeah, um, remember those pagers, ladies and gents? Yep. Probably not. I hope I, we have younger listeners, but if you're like me and fucking old... <laughs> I remember them. <laughs> I remember them. Um, she called her on a pay phone. Hey, remember those? Do you know they, they existed? You can find, like, one. And you may like collect calls to your parents. Every 9,000 miles. And you're ready to be picked up. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I remember getting... Okay, anyways. <laughs> Rosalind just said she was checking in and still didn't know what time she'd be done at Howard's office. So if she couldn't meet them, she'd, she'd have a car service take Allison and Philip home. Alice had nev- Allison said she had never been paged before, but she was paged a second time that night. This call, and these words are important, is what Rosalind said to take Philip home because, quote, we're not done here yet, unquote. That, the, just that phrase right there, and I put busy stabbing and stush, stabbing and such, you know, just casual things, it's fine. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Poor Howard. Um, they got back to the apartment, and Allison stated the lights were off and everything was dark. When they walked in, Rosalind was in a bathrobe and her hair was wet, fresh from cleaning all the blood off. Not what was said in court, just me being salty over this murderous bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Allison said it was obvious Rosalind wanted her to leave quickly. Like, she was just like, okay, thanks for taking Philip. We'll see you next time. Bye. Yeah. And I'm like, she was freshly showered. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. but just, we're not done here yet. Ugh. Eerie. Yes. The prosecutor would later tell uh, the jury that Rosalind's words were not done here, were chilling, and that Rosalind's behavior was the kind of details that had been missing all those years. Mm-hmm. Some of the jurors would describe um, Allison as a linchpin to the case. A linchpin is a person or thing vital to an enterprise or an or- organization, or in this case, murder. She was just the <coughs> nail in the coffin. Um, one person who hailed the judge's sentencing decision mon- or that Monday was Philip. One, <laughs> sorry, that was cute. I got sidetracked. One person who hailed the judge's sentencing oh my gosh, decision. Everybody didn't hear your tail hitting the microphone. So Monday was <laughs> Philip Pilmer's grandfather and Howard's father, 90-year-old Frank Pilmer. He and this is his quote. And grab, get ready to hold on to your heartstrings, guys. Every night before I go to bed, I close my eyes hoping to get some sleep, but I can't get sleep because I keep thinking about the terror and the fear that went through Howard's mind in those last seconds that he was slaughtered and butchered by these two, Frank Pilmer told the judge. The grandpa... Hold on. No. The grandpa then directed his emotional statement to Philip, his grandson, 
Quote, that day in March, I lost three things, two of which I can never ever get back, my son and my business that I worked for for over 50 years. But I also lost Philip, and I know Philip doesn't want to look at me. Sorry about that, but I just want him to know that we love him. The Pilmer family wants him back. Please, I want you to think one more time. Think about coming back. There are no hard feelings on our part. We love you, Frank Pilmer said. So, because Philip, yeah. Um, the grandfather added after court that after he'd brought his dead son's soft leather briefcase in the hopes of giving it to his grandson, but the prosecutor did not stick around long enough to accept it. Um, this is more of the grandfather saying, I don't know when the last time was that I spoke to him. I've t attempted to speak to him. As a matter of fact, at the trial, I was going into the men's room and he was leaving the men's room and I thought it was Howard because he and Howard have one face, but we never spoke a word. So I'm assuming Philip was just under the impression that, or no, actually it was in one of the articles, Philip was just adamant that his mother had nothing to do with his father's death. Um, Rosalind and Wald stood silent and stone-faced while they're, they received their sentences. She was dressed in a black pantsuit, and he wore a gray dress shirt and slacks. And then Howard's stepmother, uh, Carol, said it best, finally, justice. Wow. So, but yeah, <clears throat> Philip just, he just took on a different path, and I'm sure just having a good relationship with his mom. Not that he had a bad one with his dad, but he was just like, my mother could... My mother and uncle could never could do something like this, but... I mean, that's awful. I'm, I'm glad they obviously, like, took care of him, but, like, still, Jesus. Yeah, it's just... I just couldn't imagine, you like, going and having your grandson just completely estrange himself from everybody. Like, it, but I mean, it coming from a family that everybody's just all... My family's a clusterfuck, to put it nicely. I love... Most of them. Um, <laughs> but, like, just that kind of thing. That's a lot. Granted, we went through, like I said, one of my aunts uh, did, like, had money issues like that at one point, and it was a big, big thing between my whole family. So that's um, all I'm going to say on that. So you guys don't need to know more about my personal life. And she doesn't need that kind of notoriety because she sucks as a human. And I really hope she listens to this because I fucking hate you, motherfucker. Okay, I'm fine. It's fine. I'm here. Okay, that's fine. But that's. Right. I was sorry that. Um, I'm not sorry that was a shorter case story for us this time around. It's just. I hate when I can't find stuff about their childhood because I just like to know. But, like, man, I, I went through so many articles and it was all pertaining to the same thing. The night of the murder and then jumping to when they were finally caught and convicted. But it's never a disappointment. It's it's something new to learn about. And it's... Um, Mama, I want your snacks. You want your snacks? No, I Oh, okay. Give me just a second and I'll open them when we're done, okay? Yeah, we're still recording. See? See the little blue lines going on there? Everybody's going to hear you get all upset because I didn't open your Cheeto, well, off-brand Cheeto bag. Mm -hmm. Sponsor us, off-brand Cheetos. Off-brand Cheetos, great value. You're the best value. <laughs> 10 out of 10. So I will promote that. I love me some Cheetos. <laughs> I just... Oh. Oh, oh, Dawn. Miss Dawn. Oh, yes. Dawn. I said the love of my life. I just really love her, and I'm glad she's She could in be my the love life. of our lives. You know, it's fine. You're the love of our lives now. 
She it's getting closer to surgery time. Um, Do we know what exact date it is? I know it's like in the next week or two. Yeah, I think it's the. the no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say because I, 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 it has been stated, but I don't remember, so I'm not gonna state the wrong thing. But right. it's close. Yeah. It's like less than ten days. Oh okay. So, um. Gosh, we could be in the hospital at the same time yeah, for different things. Fingers but, crossed. Um, just keep uh, healthy, positive vibes being sent her way. Healthy, positive vibes for the surgeons and the doctors. Peace and love to her daughter as her daughter's 100% been... 100% and her granddaughter. Yes. And her son. Her sons, um, yes. Sons, yeah. Plural. Yeah. Sorry. Yep, yeah, yep, yep, I've, yep. I've never met her oldest. But anyway. Um, and just strength for her. She um, she needs us. She needs it. And um, nobody can get in, ever can get enough love. So let's, let's just let's overwhelm her with love. Exactly. And we love you. Yes, we sure do. But, yes, every yeah, she's definitely never out of our brains. And the fact that she she tells so many different people about our podcast, and we're just us. <laughs> I feel like we're just, we're just two sisters who just like to tell you really dark, morbid things, and, and she and babble about <laughs> random things, whatever happens. Um, but yeah, definitely love our Donnie Pooh and. Looking forward to hear, seeing her on the other side and after surgery, and she's going to be, everything's just going to just be uphill from there. That's yeah. what I'm manifesting for her anyway. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yep, yep, that just happened. All right, so but, music is what? <laughs> yeah, we didn't say that. I think we ended up having to end the episode really fast, but it's always fantasy and world music by the Fighters. They're, they put out like hours and hours of long music um and it's awesome like i just took a snippet that i liked and um they just said as long as you know just talk about us people go show them love on the youtube um if you guys wouldn't mind rating and reviewing us that would be fantastic especially i know not everyone listens on apple podcasts but that's a big one that can get us on lists which is great because we're ranked in um five different countries i believe I looked at it just before we started recording. Of course, it's going to elude my brain right now. But I know Greece and Japan and India. And I want to say... No, was it Portugal? Not Portugal. But hi, Portugal. We I'm need just, more. We, we need more. more. Please. Just, and please. the fact that we're just ranked in other I countries know, just blows exciting. my brain mm-hmm. apart. Like India, I know we're, we're number 39 on their list. Hey, thanks. But yeah, I know Greece was the one that... Because I get... Um, we use this website called Chartable and it like lets you know where you're ranked and when you're ranked on um, yeah. true crime lists <coughs> and other and well even in, if we get ranked in the US it'll tell us eventually but we're really popular overseas so <laughs> really kind of a big deal now hair toss no <laughs> that was that was awful I'm so sorry oh that may or may not have actually been a contraction because my, my stomach's chilled out but I guess stay tuned guys <laughs> Aww. But until, um, you know, next time, we love you guys so much, and don't forget to babble on! Welcome to my true crime podcast, Stolen From Me. Every week, we will cover a different case, from the notorious Ian Huntley to the gruesome Ed Gain. You can follow me for more episodes and news on my Twitter page, at Stolen From Me Pod. I got into true crime from an early age. I was around eight years old at the time and at school we had to write to someone famous. 
Everybody decided to write to the Queen, but I didn't want to do that, so I decided I was going to write to the Cray Twins. This didn't go down well, but it did escalate in my fascination of true crime. Thank you for being a part of my podcast. Please leave a five-star review, like and subscribe, and see you in the next episode.